0: Welcome to the Weekden Update, your weekly dose of everything Grizzlies, presented by the Grizzden Podcast and the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Will Walker, and I'm joined every week by John Kraft. How's
1: it going, John? It is going very, 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 very good. Way better than fine. It's going very well. So, I think, I think a, a wise man told me, don't let the Grizz win three
0: We were recording right after the Atlanta victory. The Grizzlies are 9-19, 3-1 since the last week an update, 3-0 with John Morant in the lineup, 13th in the West, 25th in the NBA, five games now back from the 10 seed. We are still, without the latest numbers in from this game, I have us as 28th in offense with 107.6 rating, 8th in defense though, 113.5 rating, that's good for 24th. In net rating, that's negative five point eight. There, uh, we start every week. An update with who's up and who's down. John, I'll let you go first. Who's up?
1: Oh man, I have I have several for this, uh, but uh, but my uh, so but my just general who's up. Uh, you can call it fun. You can call it. Uh, I'll just call it alley Oops. Um, I know that that Harrington wrote an article earlier this week saying that we were on pace. I think for something like high twenties. Uh, like dunks for the season, like averaging basically like one alley oop every like five games or something horrible, and it feels like we've had probably four or five alley oops. Um, like we're just recording right after the game, where I'd bring you the hard alley oop stats, but uh, but I think anybody who watched the games, you can trust that we've we've had several um, you know alley oops, several dunks. Uh, in the last three games, um and so that's that's my that's my who's up um then I might add a couple more, but i want to you want let you go,
0: yeah, my who's up is hope overall um I think that when Ja was basically coming back into the lineup, I think there was this idea of you know there's he's only going to make this team better in almost every respect, but how's that how is that gonna translate to wins and have we dug ourselves too deep of a hole. And I can say after being 3-0 and against three very different opponents, to me what I've seen is that we can play our game and uh, beat a lot of teams. Am I saying that we are a great team yet? Not quite. I, th- I still think there's some gaps, and injuries are still a thing, as you'll hear from me in just a second. But my who's up is hope. I mean, five games back from the 10 seed, This early in the season is not crazy. Yes, the odds are not in our favor to uh, make it all the way to the end uh, in a a favorable position playoff-wise, but we can at least think about it. And that's an unbelievable position to be in just after three games with our best
1: player being back. So that's my who's up. Yeah, not to mention the fact that the Phoenix Suns, which is one of the team's that we're chasing for that ten seed, they have had one of the easiest schedules so far. So they're they it'll be very interesting to see. They're they're about to have to play a lot of hard games. So I, you know, it's going to be interesting. Interesting next two three weeks. Uh, you know, as far as that's concerned. I also just had you know I I think you know we mention them. It seems like every week, but uh, Vince Williams. Uh, I think three straight get last three games has played over thirty four minutes. Like Jenkins has ridden him big time, and he has performed. Uh, you know, the shot hasn't always gone down, the, the three, but he seems to hit it, in a, when, it when, when necessary. But the biggest thing is just loose balls, rebounds. Every time you look up, he's plus, plus 10 plus in the plus minus. Um, and he's just, he, honestly, it's been amazing. I mean, for us feeling like we missed all the darts thrown to find a wing, um, we might have actually found, you know, if not a starting caliber, A guy to go with all our other offensive firepower but somebody who we can come off the bench and I I can't wait to see Marcus Smart and him on the floor at the same time guarding uh, teams so so great Uh, so he's just been great this whole week my
0: who's down is lingering injuries we had seen Marcus Smart pop up uh, not as out on the injury report he was upgraded to doubtful however he stayed at doubtful for this game. I was hopeful that we would see him in the lineup. And then uh, further commentary from Taylor Jenkins before the game uh, basically said that he was going to hopeful, hopefully be in the lineup against the Pelicans this coming Tuesday. And then Luke Kennard looks like he may be in the lineup by the end of this month, but that's not guaranteed. So we're still playing with some guys in the rotation that I would hope would be uh, bumped down just due to an, uh, superior players and Smart and Kennard being inserted, and so um, it's just amazing that we're already winning games without our full complement. Uh, and that's even assuming that Adams and Clark aren't going to be playing this season. But I, it is my who's down because I was hopeful to see Smart, but overall we ho- are going to see at least a a semblance of a good playoff potential rotation in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, my who's down, and I'll just, you know, not to throw, I think we'll talk about Zaire here in a minute, probably in the news and notes section, but uh, my who's down, uh, honestly, is basically, you know, Tim McMahon, Baxter Holmes, and really all other uh, major NBA pundits who seem to have forgotten that John Morant is a top 10 NBA player. It feels pretty obvious uh, that it is. Um, That we're not a team teetering or kind of what uh, Tim McMahon and Baxter Holmes wrote. We're not uh, the ringer having jaw like down and ranked in the 30s on their top 100. Uh, You know that that it's very obvious that jaw is a top 10 player. It's like how quickly forget we forget before the suspension uh, from the first video of two uh, that almost everybody had him as, as first team all NBA. Uh, that that almost everybody would say he was a top 10 NBA player. And so for that, um, I'm saying who's down uh, the media, uh, the pundits, and now they're going to have to reckon with the fact uh, that Jaws, just an amazing basketball player, and they need to start uh, kind of readjusting how they think about him.
0: I love all the begrudging tweets about Jaws success thus far. <laughs> it's been Beautiful to see from those specific media people. Um, let's get into the two games since we last did our emergency pod after the Pelicans game. I hope you all enjoyed that one. Um, so we we just have the Indiana game and the uh, Hawks game to talk through. John and I were both in the building. John, what was your impression from that home game when John Morant was announced and then subsequently just played a just a, such an entertaining game? I mean, I, r- I
1: remember games where... By the end, there was a playoff-like atmosphere. I know there was always buzz when we played Warriors and the Lakers and some other kind of big-name teams, but that was probably the first playoff atmosphere uh, from 30 minutes before tip that I've felt uh, in the building. Uh, it just—it was palpable how much energy was there, how how everybody was so ready to watch Jaw play. And it just, it was amazing. I mean, like, it's kind of like, it's kind of crazy. I'm like, oh, it's going to be weird going back to sort of, you know, normal regular season games. Although maybe as long as Jaws playing, it's not going to feel that way. Uh, but that, that's the way I felt. I was like, man, this feels like a playoff game and it's just a regular season game in December.
0: Yeah, i I certainly got that impression as well. The announcement into the starting lineup was just a highlight overall. Notably they saved Ja until the very, very end, which normally they have Jaron there. Uh, I thought that was appropriate. Um, I also just to see everybody rally around what they, what they knew was, was more than just a, a player returning from an absence. It was, it was more symbolic than that. It was, I mean, we've made fun of some of the kind of redemption-type language around Jaws' Camp uh, and, and sort of it being on the nose, but I did feel like this was the beginning of some sort of redemption uh, for Jaws, and it was important to have that moment. And then when you get into the game, you know, such a hot, hot start in the first quarter, and Halliburton just did not look right. Uh, the Pacers, as we expected, were playing quick. But they weren't hitting shots. We were playing our game, uh, which was encouraging. And then in the second quarter, they went on a run to to cut it to two or three at halftime. Uh, after we had been up by as many as twenty four, I believe. And it was one of those where it's like, okay, now that we've gotten the, uh, you know, all the extra parts of this game out of the way, it's time to really buckle down. And I think that. It was a good wake-up call in the middle of the second quarter, as like, okay, we're we're still a struggling team. Second quarters are still our weak point, and even tonight uh, against the Hawks, there was that struggle in the second quarter as well. What do you make of how, even with Jaw, we've still kind of had that specific point in the game that we've struggled with? Yeah, thus far?
1: I, I guess I feel like Jenkins um, is still trying to figure out the rotations. I mean, obviously. You know, the biggest issue I know both of us have um, is, is they usually is around when Zaire comes in the game. Uh, although, yep. you know, again, he has just just like Tillman and some other guys, they have played a lot better with jaw on the floor. Um, just having a superstar has really helped them, given them more space, allowed them to do to just like focus on maybe the things they're better at. Uh, but obviously, you know, I'm frustrated. The Grizzlies keep trying to make Zaire happen. Um, you know, and I'm hoping that with as guys come back from injuries, as you've just talked about, he might see less minutes, though. I'm wondering now, of course, Conchar gets injured in the game tonight. Uh, so unfortunately, we might be seeing even more Zahir going forward uh, until uh, we can get Kennard and Marcus Smart back. But, you know, it's 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 a weird you know, I, I will say the lineups with jaw have still been good. It seems like it's the Bane and Scrubs or even Bane and Jaron and Scrubs lineups uh, that have kind of struggled. And I'm hoping that that's just sort of a, a hangover from them uh, just still struggling from the first 25 games and it just feeling different when jaw's not on the court. And I'm hoping they can kind of get over that because jaw with the scrubs has actually been, you know, a pretty, pretty good lineup. As people have talked about that, that um, you know, for a bench unit, it's like, it's like in the hundred percentile offensively, like we've actually done really well with Jaw in the game playing with bench guys uh, but not as much even with Jaron and Bain, so which is strange because it feels like they should have had 25 games to figure, you know, to figure this out. But obviously, six and 19, you know, says enough, I guess.
0: Yeah, uh, a couple notes I had from the game, you know, Vince has been such a revelation throughout the second half of this quarter of the season, and him guarding Halliburton was was great. I just think you look up any stats with him and his one-on-one defensive presence against the best offensive players in the NBA, and he's doing great. I mean, only having two points in the game, if you look at the box store box score is just not going to describe his impact. I thought it was huge. Um, plus 14 overall. Um, that's all really I need to see. Yep. And then, honestly, Santi rediscovering his shot and motivation. I feel like he's been instrumental off the bench as well, both against the Pacers. And then tonight just we are starved for shooting. And also we are starved for a front front court rotation player, adding a positive to this team, given the lack of depth. And so I thought that his play has been great. And then on the Zaire point, I know that he hit shots. Listen, I know that he had 16 points. I still don't feel as if his, his play was a net positive in that game. I'm sorry. Like, I just really, the, the idea that you have so much that has to go right, both externally and internally for a player to have a positive impact on the game, to me, that just takes up way too much, too much oxygen. And I'm just tired of having a circumstantial approach to a player that should be putting his effect on the game. If you look at a guy like Vince Williams, there's just every, everything that uh, that, he has, that he has at this point, he has completely earned by just putting his stamp on a game. And I feel like Zaire Williams has had the exact opposite approach. He is backed into a position where he is getting minutes and is being valued, and I just don't feel as though he's earned what he's gotten thus far in terms of minutes. And we'll see. I, I do think that overall, if you let this season play out, he will he will show us who he really is. And I, in my opinion, he's already shown us. But it's going to take much more than him hitting wide open shots and getting you know lobs thrown to him by our best player to show me that he belongs. On this team, so all I'm saying is, don't be fooled by a hot shooting night from Zaire Williams. Am I? Would I rather have that than the latter? Yes, like for sure, I'd rather him hit shots than not hit shots just for trade value alone. But I don't know. I've heard a lot of people just talking about Zaire and being like, "Is this the? Is this the
1: the corner being turned?" No. It is not. Yeah. I mean, I know in my section, every time in my section of, uh, of FedEx forum, every time Zaire got the ball, like on a fast break or just it was the shot clock was running down and he had it. I mean, the audible groans, the turnover uh, being shouted by a couple of people behind me. Uh, I just think he, it is, you know, he, he makes some good plays, but then he makes some bad plays. And I just I, I think that's. Those minutes need to be upgraded, and right now I think there's injuries potentially keeping that from happening. Like you said, he kind of backed in to this spot, but that's definitely, you know, I I would be very upset um, and surprised if he's, like, on this roster going into next season. Um, You know, I would hope, or at least if he's on the roster that he's playing, you know, I I hope that we upgrade sort of those minutes uh, as, you know, as the season progresses for sure.
0: Yeah, um, another thing, haven't haven't lost yet when our big three scored 20 plus. So that's a stat to monitor. Also, we, before Ja came back, we're averaging about 45 points in the paint per game, which was 26th in the league. In the last three games, we've scored 50, 48, and 52. And that's like up near top 10 range. And so that's that's the pressure that Ja can put on the rim. And it also just opens up so much more when he's able to go one-on-one and create. And so I think that's just been an, so apparent yeah. to anybody watching how much of an effect he has. And then you look at also our, our three-point percentage and um, just the amount of open shots that we've had. And we've said it multiple times, but just the how how amazing would it be as a wing to, to play in a John Morant offense? Because you, know, uh, you know you're going to get so many – more open shots than you would otherwise when you're having to create, especially a guy like Desmond Maine, who's still having to create some, like I think, I think his percentages could definitely improve. That's one yeah. of the areas where, you know, I'm, he scored 37 tonight, but there were, I mean, it took 25 shots and yeah. five or 14 from three, that could absolutely improve. So even though he's, the stat line looks good. I do think there's still a lot of improvement that bank. Yeah. I mean, if he had
1: hit his open shots in the first half, I think he would have had 50 tonight. I mean he he was um he was wide open on a lot of shots that he was just missing. And hopefully, you know, as we see like like I think I think we went 11 for 33 tonight against the Hawks and I feel like very few of those 33 three-point shots were guarded. Um and so hopefully as guys get used to the fact that they are much more open than they were the first 25 games, it will start knocking these these shots down hopefully. For sure.
0: Yeah, I had I had one more note. Yeah. And that was uh, the second loudest that I heard FedEx Forum the other night at home was when John Conchar had the massive block and they called it a foul. But then Jenkins, after about 10 seconds of hearing the crowd roaring, decided to challenge it. And then it was overturned. And it was just like the ovation was unreal. And then he had another one. Like Conchar has these blocks that just... I don't know. They get the crowd on their feet and they actually do impact the game. And I I do think that I hope that this injury isn't something that's significant and that he doesn't miss much more than, you know, maybe a game or two because we need him. Like he does so many things, especially in a jaw offense where now Contra doesn't have to be the one taking shots and he's actually hit a few threes, by the way uh what he's taken them in the last few games. But overall I just thought I just had that note written down. It's just what a what a moment yeah. that no, was. No, it was amazing.
1: I mean I I believe uh, right after that moment, I think I I texted uh, y'all that uh, we can never trade Conchar. <laughs> I think I mostly Amen. meant it. I mean obviously if we get a, an awesome player back I'll I'll be okay. But uh I just I, I continue to think uh and obviously it was great seeing that the forum understands it, but I just think just Online and the feedback I get from friends and stuff, I just still don't think people appreciate all the little things he does uh, to just help with winning basketball. And just having a guy like that that can be your tenth, eleventh, twelfth guy on the roster doesn't mind, you know, getting DNP's, but then whenever he's called upon, comes in and performs like that. And then, like you said, can even give you moments uh, that kind of change momentum. So he's, you know, so I've loved it. I mean, I, I'd I'd have had him in Who's Up, you know, if we wanted to go long, but. <laughs> I love Conchart.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It's been great. And then, you know, Jaron, another thing for, for me is has been his efficiency. Yes. I mean, 8 of 10 in the last two games. Like, just shooting 80% from yep. the field at two straight games. And, yeah, he dealt with foul trouble tonight, which is frustrating. But I just feel like he's he is slotted into that third option so well. And I feel like he's taking what the defense gives him. And is taking his man one on one when there's a mis- mismatch. But he's, you know, if if there's anything positive to take out out of the first twenty five games is that he's learned how to play uh, when he's getting doubled and in different circumstances and is, knows when to look for a shot. And so that's no. just another thing to note is just his efficiency. And like
1: you know, if we ever do get, uh, you know, if we do somehow get Brandon Clark back or even just going forward, uh, obviously when we have someone in. Uh, you know, playing forward with him, playing center that like is actually some that people are actually nervous about scoring or doing something offensively. I just think that's going to be so much space that gets opened up for Jaron down low, too, because right now, I mean, basically when Bismack or Tillman are are in there with Jaron, I mean, they are they're doubling him pretty hard and, you know, and that's just really not much of an option to go to. And so I, I look forward, you know, that's maybe why we'll see more Aldama. Uh, lineups as well but I just look forward to Kim getting a lot more space down there and yeah he's been super efficient it's been fun to watch him be super efficient and getting to the free throw line a bunch
0: for sure um, any more notes before we move on to the games coming up this week uh,
1: just you know I think it just is very obvious I mean it's one of those things where you you walk away from that game being like uh, uh, I'm never going to go to a home game that Jaw is playing in at the FedEx Forum thinking we don't have a chance to win like I just think the, the level of energy that he's going to bring the rest of this season, I just feel like we're going to go into every home game, even with the really, really good teams, if Jaws playing, feeling like, man, we can pull this out. And I just think that's after the first 25 games and after having whatever it was, 1-12 in home record, 1-11 home record, I'm just very excited uh, about that and uh, can't wait to see the rest of the season
0: absolutely um this is a tough week coming up we have our 8th ninth, and 10th road games of december all in a row and then we have a home game on new year's eve against the kings um a familiar foe in the pelicans we're, we're back again in new orleans on tuesday at 7 p.m against them we have uh, the nuggets on thursday at 8 p.m in denver and then the, we have a back-to-back Friday night, 9.30 p.m. in L.A. against the Clippers, who are on a hot streak right now. Um, So I'm looking at this week, and I'm thinking, you know, the Pelicans right now, you know, Zion's been actually out of the lineup in the last few games with an illness. We're not sure whether he's by Tuesday is going to be good to go. I assume he will be since that's a few days from now. Uh, The Grizzlies get a couple of days rest, of course, during Christmas since they're not on the schedule this year. Playing in Denver is always difficult. And then the Clippers have just really dialed it in since we last saw them. I think we probably saw L.A. at their worst possible moment uh, with James Harden trying to get him acclimated into the lineup. But now they've found something with putting Russell Westbrook on the bench. And quai's just been playing out of his mind and being the second night of a back-to-back that's going to be tough. And so, honestly, when I'm looking at this week, I'm really hoping that I can do what I did at the Pelicans the other night again. Um, I'm not banking on a victory in Denver. Maybe I mean the the Clippers. You never know what you're going to get night tonight because they have been up and down this season. So I'm not saying we can't get a win in that game, but I'm really looking at this week. If I escape it two and two, I'm looking I'm looking to the positive here. If I can somehow get three and one, like that's a huge win in my book, but I'm hoping for two and two. What do you look at when you see this? Week yeah,
1: right? I feel the same way that like that, you know, on paper, this looks like sort of a, a one and three week. Um, I'm hoping for two and two be amazing if we went three and one. I mean, I, I think what I'm looking for is just, we're in that weird holiday doldrums uh, where honestly in the past two, three years, that's really where the Grizzlies have feasted uh, on teams that are kind of like going through the motions over the holidays and we're kind of getting more focused And so I'm hoping that, you know, I'm looking at maybe the Clippers who've kind of started to pick up some nagging injuries with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard kind of getting day to day and the Nuggets who continue to kind of coast through a lot of games. You know, I don't expect to ever beat the Nuggets at home, um, but they've definitely been sort of coasting and then at the end kind of pulling away and I'm hoping maybe we can catch them. Um, on a bad night, or maybe Jaw just goes crazy. I mean, the crazy thing is, this is what happens now: is that like I can talk myself into us winning all these games, but I think a very realistic is is one and three, two and two. I think two and two is a huge win. Um, this might be one of our toughest stretches of the season. Um, you know, the three road games, all tough. So I'll do. I'll go with that, and you know, we'll see. We'll see how the Pelicans. You know, I mean that we embarrass them kind of on national TV. So it'll be interesting to see what happens us coming out. You know, what kind of intensity they'll bring.
0: All right, let's get to our MVP of the week. Is this the easiest MVP of the week we've ever had, John? I think it
1: is the easiest MVP of the week.
0: <laughs> Congratulations to Joe. Ja. Yes. I mean, we got 12. We called him. That's all you need to know about this yeah. week.
1: And, and and the crazy thing is he's asking out because he's winded. You know, he's, he's uh, like twice tonight he under-threw lobs to Jaron. That's almost sort of weird to see. Like, there's still a lot of rust with Jaw. You know, and he went 30, 11, and six tonight. Um, you know, that, that I mean, we still have not seen his best. And that's what's even more exciting. And I just love how much, how infectious he is and how, how much better he makes everybody around him. And so, yeah, I mean, e- easy MVP pick uh, for this week, John ja Morant.
0: It's a holly jolly Christmas, if you will, over at Grisden. So thanks for hanging with us. We are excited for the new year. Uh, the next episode likely will be in that new year when you hear us. So thanks for listening. Craft, um, any final thoughts before we close this one out?
1: Hey, 10 games back of the two seeds, all I'm saying. Uh, you know, that hope, that's what's up. Keep that keep that hope alive um, as I am. Five games back of play, play in, 10 games back of two seed.
0: Have a great Christmas, everybody. For Craft, for Brantley and Ty, shout out. I'm Will. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next week then.